stop the signal. Lo-Fi Polysite Podcast coming at you. Oh yeah, Michael Pickering here talking about what's going on in the world today. We got a full lineup for you people. We got that Lo-Fi Global for you. We got that Metro New Orleans weather. We got the weekend box office. We got connecting the dots. We got music. We got trivia. We got story time. So just sit back for the next little bit and breathe. Let's go with that Lo-Fi Global. First up, let's travel back to Venezuela to update us from last week, where opposition was challenging the Electoral Commission's timeline on gathering the signatures needed to oust President Maduro. That challenge failed, and the signature collection went ahead with the allotted 12 hours to collect 20% of the nation's vote. And it failed. They only collected 1.5%. And of course, President Maduro and other government officials went off about how this was proof that people still want him in power. Sure, whatever you say, President Maduro. Or as we like to say, you dictator. Next up, let's head on over to Thailand and Peru, as both countries are dealing with oil spills at the moment. Thailand had an underwater pipeline that started leaking and caused the government to declare a nearby beach a disaster area. And Peru had an oil tanker suffer damage from massive waves that spilled some 12,000 barrels worth of oil into the ocean off the country's coast. It makes you think. What was that international climate conference a few months ago called? You know, the one that was in Scotland where almost all the leaders of every single country in the world got together and talked about how to help the environment. What was it called again? Hmm. Oh, right. It was at uh, that COP26, right? Whatever happened to that? Is the world a cleaner, more environmentally friendly place? Now that the world leaders got together and said, let's clean up the planet. Mm-hmm. Oh, the environment. Such a hot topic these days. Everyone's talking about it. And yet, well, you already know. All right, all right, all right. Let's switch gears a bit with this next one and check out what's going down in the Middle East with the United Arab Emirates and Israel, as the President of Israel has made his first visit to the UAE. And this is big, people. This is Middle Eastern politics shifting in a new direction, where slowly, but more and more, other countries in the Middle East are softening up to Israel, and diplomatic relations are developing, and eventually, economic relations will develop. And this could have a massive effect on the collective bargaining power of the Middle East as a region with other global entities. So keep your eyes open on these kinds of stories all year long, lo-fi listeners. The times, they may be a-changing. Next up, let's head on over to North Korea where? Well, if you guessed their firing missiles into the sea again, you'd be absolutely right. You see, when this happened the first time this month, we said no. We cover North Korea enough, and we covered plenty of their missile firings too last year. Then the second time happened, and we said the same thing. Then the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and now they've gone ahead and fired a seventh missile. And at this point we decided, fine, let's talk about it. What's this all about? Question mark. Why is North Korea doing this? A lot right now. I mean, it seems like they're going more than usual. 
attention. Simple as that. They're going through rough economic conditions, and they want sanctions taken off of them. However, none of the countries that have sanctions on them are really paying much attention to North Korea at the moment. The West is particularly focused on Russia, on the global economy, on local elections, and a host of other things. And North Korea? Well, they're pissed, and they are tired of being ignored, and they want those economic sanctions and trade embargoes to be lifted. So, they started firing missiles into the sea, causing a ruckus for Japan and South Korea, so that those two countries will talk about it with other countries. And suddenly, North Korea gets the attention they want, and discussions can start about taking off sanctions. That's the story. Every time this happens, that's the story. So now, with seven launches, let's wait and see if anyone decides to talk to North Korea about all of this. We'll keep you posted for sure, lo-fi listeners. And a last bit of global for you for the moment right now, an update on events in the country of Sudan, which last year had a military coup due to mass protests because people were unhappy with the state of the economy. Then the military took over and ousted the civilian elected government. Protesters began cheering the coup. But then protests took place against the coup, and then those protests have been severely repressed over the past few months. But the update, those protests have started again. And we're talking thousands of people here taken to the streets because they want to stay in their government. Eyes wide open on Sudan, listeners. Lots going down this week. Yes, indeed. Always so much going on in the world. But now let's breathe. And let's switch to and get you that five-day Metro New Orleans weather and the weekend box office report. Everyone always wants to know, is it going to be cloudy with a chance of meatballs out there? Well, we got you covered, New Orleans. Monday, sunny and then some clouds. Temps in the mid-60s to mid-50s and almost no chance of meatballs. So Monday looks pretty good. But Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday... Oh, it is indeed cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Tuesday and Wednesday between 55 to 87% chance of meatballs, respectively, and temps in the low 60s each day. Thursday, though, 96% chance of meatballs. Bring your meatball repellent umbrellas with you when you leave the house. And get this, temps, a high of 69 and a low of 37. WTF, people. Friday, 25% chance of meatballs with a high of 49 and a low of 35. My friends, winter in New Orleans. Well, this is too much for me. And that's your five-day weather, Nola, but always remember, it is New Orleans. It could rain any day and every day. Don't forget to look outside before you walk outside. That's what I like to say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, how about that weekend box office? Stop the music. Why isn't there any good things coming out in theaters lately? I mean, really. And where you add streaming, there's so much content out there in the world today, which is great, but why does 99.999999% of it seem to be shit? Right in, listeners, you tell me. To the box office. Let's go. What did people check out at cinemas this weekend, you may be asking? Well, the same thing they did last weekend because nothing's really else come out. But coming in at number five, the King's Man at 1.7 million at the box office. Number four, 
Redeeming Love at 1.8 million. Number three, Sing 2 at 4.8 million in ticket sales. Number two, Scream number 742 because there's so many screams we just stopped counting at 7.35 million. And number one, and still number one, you already know. Spider-Man No Way Home with another 11 million at the box office and a worldwide total of 1.73 billion. Ain't got nothing else to say about that. And did you check out a movie this weekend? Did you have a Coke Icy? Of course you didn't. There wasn't anything to go see, and Coke Icy's are gross. You already know. And if you didn't, now you know. Mm-hmm. All right, enough. Cue the music. It's time for that deep dive in Connecting the Dots. Connecting the Dots, we go into one global news story, dig into the heart of it all, and then tell you why it all matters. And today we're talking about Mainamon and a military coup that took place a year ago this coming Tuesday, February 1st. But let's start off with a brief background to set up our conversation and to inform us about what's really going on in the world in Myanmar. So Myanmar was a military dictatorship for a very long time, decades, from about 1988 to 2011. It was not a nice government. But in 2011, the military decided to let the country democratize slowly and under military guidance. And while civilians were allowed and started to really get involved in government, the military was always a major player and had a portion of the government constitutionally reserved for itself. But more and more, as democracy came, the military's election results started dwindling. And toward the end of 2020, they suffered a massive election loss. And they called electoral fraud. And the Electoral Commission said there's no proof. Well, the new government from those elections was set to take office on February 1st of 2021. And on that day, in the very early hours of the morning, the military overthrew the government and arrested thousands of people and elected officials. The first military coup of 2021 had taken place. All right, now that's the stage. Let's dig into the meat and potatoes of it all and talk about what's going on right now in Myanmar. Nothing really has changed, except for things have gotten worse. The former Democratic leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, has been convicted of multiple things at this point and faces at least seven years at the moment, and more charges are pending. Political prisoners are still being kept, and there's a lot of question marks on where they are, as lots of families still have no idea where their loved ones are, or if they're still alive. And early on after the coup, the military did start talking about how elections would take place in 2022 sometime. Well, we're here. Though the military's no longer really talking about elections. They're just keeping on going. Keeping on repressing. Okay, okay, okay. Now that we have the background, we got the situation on the ground. Let's see how it's all connected to the rest of the world. See, last year, Myanmar was the first of five military coups. Plus, we've already had one this year. Myanmar overthrew an elected government. And, outside of sanctions... No one came to save any of the Myanmar people, and the military were able to do whatever they pleased. And we've seen this happen in Chad, in Mali, in Guinea, in Sudan, and now in Burkina Faso. Is this a trend we're living in? What's going to happen next? Well, let's talk about what's going on in the world tomorrow. Political science is about predictions, so let's make some and see where this story just may go moving forward. 
In poli-sci, we always say political instability leads to economic instability, and economic instability leads to political instability, and on and on it goes. But normally, that doesn't mean you'll end up with your government being overthrown. Normally, you need something more. You need a linchpin to be pulled, a certain event to take place to trigger that overthrow of the government. Because the reality is, overthrowing a government is no simple thing, not at all. Whoever is considering doing it has to do a cost-benefit analysis of the repercussions of doing so, as well as analyze the likelihood that they can actually pull it off. Now, for militaries, they have the capacity to successfully overthrow the government because they control all the military equipment and personnel needed to enforce a state of emergency, a martial law, and just repress the entire population. However, they still have to wonder what's going to be the international community's response to doing so, and can they handle the international blowback of overthrowing their government, aside from the fact that they can successfully control their domestic population. And that decision, that cost-benefit analysis, put into the perspective of what's going on this past year with military coups, is a big signal to militaries in unstable countries that if six other countries can do it and survive the international blowback, then so too can they. In effect, the allowance of military coups by the international community is a linchpin because it's the sign that others are waiting for before they overthrow their own government too. So Lo-Fi Polisai's prediction about military coups in 2022? Get ready, Lo-Fi listeners. We'll be talking about more new military coups this year. Burkina Faso is only the beginning. And with all that being said, right about now, you may just be wondering, so what? This is a world away. Why should we even care? And the quick answer you already know. I can't, nor will I ever tell you that you should care about anything. What you care about is your business. People are different. People are diverse. Instead, what I'll do is I'll tell you why this story matters to me. This story matters to me because when a military coup takes place, everyone in a country loses almost all of their freedoms in the snap of a finger. It's not a slow process like democratic decay or democratic backsliding. It's the immediate and major shifting of people's lives. Human rights are tossed out the window. And our people, all people, are all the worse for it. You know, the past 100 years, humanity has made massive progress toward making us, as a species, more free. It seems these past 15 years, and the past couple years in particular, we're not moving forward. We're moving back. And how we treat each other as human beings is a direct reflection of who we are as individuals. I care about my people. All people. And that, my friends, is connecting the dots. All right, let's chill for a second. Let's reset. Let's uh, cue some music up. Let's be back in a second with a bit of lo-fi global trivia for you. Because after all that, oh, i got to get my hydrate on. Back in a second, people.
hydrated now and ready for that lo-fi global trivia. Oh yeah. We'll be coming at you with five fast-paced global trivia questions and give you five seconds to think of an answer. And number one, an oldie but goodie. About how many countries are there in the world? And five, four, three, two, one. Survey says... About 200 countries in the world, depending on how you count. 193 United Nations members. Number two. Is the sky blue because of the ocean? Or is the ocean blue because of the sky? And five, four, three, two, one. Survey says. Oh, right in on this one, people, because I'm really curious how your natural science game is these days. Number three. Is Greenland an independent country? Yes or no? And five, four, three, two, one. Survey says, no, it is not. And follow-up question, question number four. What country is Greenland part of? And five, four, three, two, one. Survey says, Denmark. That's right. Did you get that one right? Mm -hmm. I know you did. Good job. Number five, a final follow-up question. Could you actually point out Denmark on a map? And five. Four, three, two, one. Survey no say on this one right in. I'm curious your geography skills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's Lo-Fi Global Trivia for you for the Wii. Write in, let us know what you got right. Or even better, write in and let us know how you think we were wrong. We may even read your message on air. But let's take a quick break and listen to some tunes. A little Lo-Fi poli OG mix. That luscious Luna Lo-Fi. Back in a minute, people. Gotta get my eat on now. Always nice to bring it down a notch with our very own luscious Luna Lo-Fi. And in case you're wondering out there, baked chicken and butter beans. Now you know. Now, normally this is about where we'd have your Lo-Fi write-ins, but it's just the first week and no one write in. Go figure. But start sending in your words because people want to hear what you got to say. All right, then let's tune the music in and then turn it down. It's Lo-Fi Storytime with Pickering. Each story time, I'm going to give you a piece of me. 
a story of my life. For today, I want to tell you about living on a couch. And no, I don't mean couch surfing around the country, though I do know people who did that. Nor do I mean a long weekend at relatives where it turned into a month. What I mean is, when I moved away to college for the first time, I moved in with a friend in a one-bedroom apartment and lived on their couch for my first year away at university. I worked every other weekend on a ranch. And yes, can't you just see it? Me with blue hair working on a ranch with cows and buffalo. But no, I didn't ride a horse and I didn't wear a cowboy hat. Now you know. But after a few months, I even started working at a subway. So I'd balance a full-time university schedule, working at a ranch, working at a subway, and sleeping on a couch. And that was my first year away at school. Now, I'm not telling you this story as a woe-is-me type of story. Not at all, no. You see, what I've come to learn in my time since then, and especially since I began teaching university, is that so, so many of us had to, and still do, sleep on that same couch. But you see, for some people, that couch has a different name. It could be a car. It could be sharing a bed with another person. It could be a dorm with a person sleeping three feet away from you that snores so bad they wake themselves up at night. That couch could be addiction, which goes by many names. That couch could be depression. And that couch could be social anxiety. That couch could be ourselves. And I can't honestly tell you how exactly I ended up getting off my couch. Those memories have blurred away for a multitude of reasons. And those reasons? Another story time, perhaps. What I can say to you is if you ever find yourself living on a couch, and whatever name your couch may go by, you are not alone. We and the we that we be are not alone. Everyone has good nights and bads. Always remember out there, you, listening to me right now, you're never alone. And you can always send us words. This is our thing, and you are a part of it. And this is just one more part of Lo-Fi Storytime. We'll be right back with some news to close out on. So chill with some tunes, my people. with a last couple pieces of news to send you on your way for the day, for the week, and sending us out with some not-so-heavy headlines. First off, don't forget to go check out Friday's Lo-Fi Poli-Sci blog on lofipolisci.com. It's a quick read and just me talking about the week that was week one of the semester. Now, out in Australia, the government has decided to spend $50 million more dollars over the next four years to help protect koala bears' habitat. Yes, indeed, good news, my friends. Help the effort save the koalas. And the Toyota Car Company out in Japan is working alongside the government to create a new lunar vehicle and possibly even get people to live on the moon 
by 2040. Yes, help the effort. Put lo-fi poli-sci in space, please. And a last piece of news to send you on your way for the day. Elon Musk launched a rocket into space in 2015. Now on March 4th, it's going to hit the moon and explode. It will be minor, but it'll leave a mark. Help the effort, people. Don't destroy the moon. And that is a brief snapshot of what's going on in the world today. Right into the show and check us out on lofipolisci.com. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, myself on LinkedIn. Connect to us, people. Always remember that Lofi Polisci is more than just me. It's the we that we be. Talk to you next time, Lofi listeners. Pickering, signing off. A little behind the scenes for all you listeners that stayed behind just to see what I'd say. I actually ate while working on the entire second half of the show and didn't get any food on my computer. Now you know.